Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you've been enjoying the show so far. If you have, please remember to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on your favourite listening platform and follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. I'm basically everywhere. You'll have to excuse my voice this week. I have had a bit of a cold, but hopefully you can't notice. I'm very self-conscious of it, but just go with it. Before we get stuck in, I'm thrilled to let you guys know that this episode is sponsored by Kinky Street. They're new to town and are promoting empowerment, body positivity, inclusivity, and those who just want to have fun. Discover your kink with them at kinkystreet.co.uk and use the code MADSWORLD20 for 20% off your order. I've also put a link in the episode description for you. In this episode, I am joined by the wonderful, witty and wise Aileen Barrett, aka the Tinder Translator. Aileen is a writer, digital marketer and the brains behind the Tinder Translator, an Instagram account that has amassed over 77,000 followers. Tinder Translation is all about decoding the subtext of Tinder bios and highlighting red flags. There is loads of innuendo and so many phrases used over and over on dating apps and so much of what is said masks an ulterior meaning. People send Aileen bios which can be boring, dreadful, funny or arrogant and she translates them into what they really say about the person writing them. So much of what men write on dating apps is laced with misogyny and it's her mission to unmask it. She has recently released a book called Tinder Translator, an A to Z of modern misogyny. It's a hilarious and eye-opening feminist commentary on dating apps, shining a light on the blatant misogyny encountered during every swipe session. Scrolling through profile after profile, you'll see the same stock phrases, no drama, must be able to hold a conversation, or my personal fave, must have banter. But what do they actually mean? There's the funny and the not so funny, the blatant and the not so blatantly obvious, and scrolling through can be depressing and enraging in equal measure. In this episode, we chat about some key things Aileen has learned through her own years on dating apps, in addition to the experiences of thousands of her followers on Instagram. We dissect some of the stock phrases used on Tinder bios, discuss the concept of Schrodinger's douchebag, which I love, and hopefully leave you feeling a bit more empowered to push back on shitty behaviour or at least see the funny side. Hey Aileen, how are you? Hi, I'm very good, thank you, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so buzzing to have you on here because I've just finished your book, which is actually incredible. And I emailed you last night all of my thoughts on it and I can't wait to speak about them. Obviously, I'm super excited because I sent you like paragraphs and stuff. But let's <laughs> jump great. straight into where everything began, which was your Instagram Tinder translator. So I just want to know how it began and what sort of inspired it to begin with. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know my page, obviously what's wrong? 
wrong with you, but um, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it started out, and, and I still do it, but I do lot, talk about lots of other things now as well, um, as basically Tinder profiles that I would like screenshot and then do uh, like in, in quotation marks translation of. So um, I would basically what they really mean, because there's so much like double speak and there's so many kind of like euphemisms and stuff on dating apps. So I started it uh, ooh, like three over three years ago, something like that. Yeah. yeah no, maybe like four years. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> some years ago I started it, and yeah. um, I um, basically did it because I was on the app, and I noticed all this kind of double speak and all this like, and I was also just you know kind of exhausted by apps, really like sick of men being you know just gross and like you know, inappropriate basically without any invitation from, from the other side. And I kind of started it as like a fun, I thought this would be funny, like this would be a funny thing. I bet someone's done this already. And when I looked on Instagram, it hadn't been done already. And I was like, what? Did I have an original <laughs> idea? Oh my God. Oh my so, God. I uh, know, right? <laughs> in 2020, well, actually it was probably in 2019. Um, but um, yeah, so I did, so I just started doing it and um and then obviously, like, people seem to like it. Um, and then, so I was at first just screenshotting bios from my um, my own, like, swiping sessions. And it did make it a little bit more enjoyable because because it was like there was this catharsis because every fifth bio you see is kind of creepy or kind of boring or whatever, whatever. So it was like, at least when I saw something really awful, I was like, ah, content and not just like, oh, my God. What's wrong with the world? Um, oh my god! And it, yeah, so it started from there, really. Um, and like, I started doing things like translating like stock phrases, which is what my book's based on. Um, is yeah. that? And everyone like of any gender, any sexuality will will know what I mean by stock phrases. If you've been on dating apps, there's these things that come up over and over again. I mean, there's loads I didn't put in there, like looking for a partner in crime and stuff like that. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Although that one seems to have gone out of fashion a bit. I think maybe. It, for the older folk but um yeah like just so that's kind of where it started um and with the page grew and with that I kind of you know an, a literary agent got in touch with me and asked me if I was interested in writing a book and I was like yes I am oh my god <laughs> that's so exciting and I love what you said just then about making a difficult process like making light of it and making it into something funny because I think mm. there's this quote um in Nora Ephron's book where she her mum tells her uh, Nora Ephron's basically this writer you probably know her but yeah. she's like a feminist writer she wrote when Harry met Sally and like a bunch of um, feminist mm-hmm. books and stuff but her mum said to her once everything is copy because she was a writer so it's like even if bad stuff happens and even if crap stuff happens or you know it's like if you go on a terrible date everything is copy I just if I have a terrible date it's all content like mm-hmm. it's going on podcasts so um, I love yeah I love that yeah. you've channeled all of that into writing this book and and the page has sort of evolved from something funny. I mean, it is still obviously very funny um, and your followers love it. But how did it evolve from, you know, being a cathartic process from dating into the work you do now, which is sort of more educating people online about misogyny? And then obviously that led to you writing a book as well. How did that mm-hmm. evolve? Um, well, I think at first I, I didn't, don't think I had my face on there or anything. It was literally just the, the bios and stuff. Um, mm. as anyone who follows me or has ever met me will know, have a lot to say about the world, have, you know, lots of opinions. <laughs> and obviously, yeah. as, as a woman, spent most of my life trying to, like, keep those in 
<laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> like, just shut up about it, Aileen. Okay, <laughs> you've got to be attractive. Um, but um, so so it would be you know so I would kind of talk about things and and talk about like dating on my stories and get people to share stories about dating and inevitably when you ask women for story who date men for stories about dating it gets pretty dark pretty fast like it yeah it and I now when I'm doing like a kind of more fun like I want to do like a fun segment where I'm like so I do like a your bad first date stories I mean there's a great page uh first dates of Melbourne which does that's their whole thing um, I interviewed her she yeah, yeah have a podcast she, up with her yeah she's yeah, really good yeah. yeah so like um but I just do it every now and again, just try and get people to fit it into the space of a question box as well, because it makes it really funny if you can just do like a two sentence bad date. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I have I kind of say at the beginning, like, like not the really bad ones, like as in and what I mean by that is like not when you've been sexually assaulted, like oh, or you know the fact you have to say that is Yeah, just and so I just because I'm like I can't yeah. read sometimes I'm in a place where, you know, people do disclose like, you know, tell me stories and sometimes it's I think in a kind of insensitive unthinking way that they're not really thinking that I'm a person who's reading through lots of dms but sometimes it's yeah. you know I take it as a compliment as well that people feel like mm. connected to me yeah. in some way but it's um both, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of both <laughs> um <laughs> but um but yeah so so I'll kind of say like hey um don't you know I don't like the funny ones or you know sometimes it can be like outrageously bad ones but not necessarily you know, trauma. Yeah. I don't want any trauma. Don't unload your trauma like that's for your therapist. And at uh. the beginning, like especially when yeah. I have less, well, I think it's really important to do that now because I've got like seventy six thousand followers. Um, but when I was had like un, under ten thousand followers, say, um, it was kind of you could kind of cope with the volume. It would still be loads of people telling you like quite traumatic shit, but it but it mm. was kind of like you could just about cope. Um, but it just it came up again and again. You know, even when I would be doing like, oh my god, like a funny story about how like some men don't wipe their bums but then it would become about <laughs> how uh true true story um it would become about you know it's so much more like about like the disrespect like that, that men would you know give women or like the way you know and, and oh, like oh and then so it kind of in a way like I'm, I was already a massive like raging feminist but it really confirmed my, our need to talk about this and then I think during the pandemic during lockdown I'm a single mom. So I was on my own in the house for, you know, the first bit where you couldn't bubble with anyone or whatever and with my son, obviously. Um, And and he, we, you could still co-parent, thank God, like shout out to all the single parents who did that on their own. Honestly. Yeah. (laughs) But my, yeah. So like I would, you know, I'd be on my own a lot. So I started talking more on stories and I started like having more Mm. discussions and that's actually like, I think probably quite a lot of people were on their phones a lot, online a lot during that time, mm. kind of finding community online in a way that maybe they hadn't before. And so that built it up as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's just become that. And then I felt, I guess, slowly more emboldened to really talk about, you know, to really give my opinion and really talk about what I think. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's that's what that's amazing. It's like, oh, my God. Do people want to hear what I think? Okay. It's so nice. And I think lockdown was such a good catalyst for so many awesome content creators that were out there waiting and didn't really have a push or didn't have the time as well with Mm -hmm. like flexible working and stuff. Because I know I've always had this idea of having a podcast, but it's been like a running joke with mates and stuff, you know, like, oh, you need to get a podcast. You have to get all these stories out there. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But now there's... And I think that's why stuff like TikTok and Reels is just blown up because everyone's mm-hmm. finally like those platforms, they don't even make any of their own content. It's just people 
making it for them and then they make a shitload of money off other I mean, people's content they're making like is that it's insane like i know i mean the amount of the amount of money instagram makes off women's labor is 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 a lot <laughs> really really you yeah. like i can't think about it too much <laughs> someone asked me the other day like so do you get like any money from instagram and i was like no they were like no doll but you know what they have seem... with tiktok with tiktok there's actually um i've heard about like the tiktok creator fund which yeah. i think per a million views so not likes or engagements or anything per a million views you get 25 quid so yeah. that's like, you know, if you're getting millions and millions and better than a kick in the teeth, like <laughs> better than a punch in the <laughs> you face, know you know, yeah, like, yeah. Hope, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's, we could go down a long road about honestly, you could write it. That's your next, that's your next book. So, right, yeah, um, sorted. yeah. And then you said that, um, your publisher came to you about writing a book, which is awesome. And what was the process behind writing the book? And some of the biggest challenges because, um, you know, uh, just for everyone listening, the book is structured in such a way that it's an A to Z of modern misogyny. So, you know, each chapter is its own letter and that sort of takes um, a cliche dating app saying and translate it into into what that means and the, like the misogynistic connotations behind that. But how did you get to that stage where you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? Hmm. So it was actually it was a, like literary agent who approached me who yeah. um, first. So so when you're the best way to get a book deal is to have an agent and, and they help you pitch to publishers mm-hmm. and like, you know, they have the contacts and know what they're doing. So um, it was actually um, for those of you who know listening, Clementine Ford's literary agent. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a massive I mean she's obviously her books are pretty big in the UK but she's massive in Australia feminist mm-hmm. writer also I would count her as a friend now which I'm like hey oh, um, jealous she because when her agent <laughs> messaged me on Instagram I messaged her like is this real is this really your agent <laughs> and she, she was like screenshotted the page she was like yeah if it looks like this I was like oh my god it's real okay cool uh, um but then so we so what happens then is you know to go to um publishers you write a pitch so um Jacinta who's my agent kind of approached me and said um have you ever thought about writing a tinder translator book and I, I already had the idea basically um yeah, cool. to write something you know it's it's quite I mean, there's some challenging subjects in there, but it's quite an easy read. It's very short chapters um, to kind of like, but to to expand on, to write more than an Instagram caption about these things that there's so much to write about. Um, and, you know, really like, you know, the phrase, it's not that deep. It's like, this book is like, it's that deep. Everything's that deep. Like one word <laughs> is that deep. So let me talk about it for a whole page. Um, but um yeah so we we made a proposal so that was like so you kind of have the idea already you have to write like um depending on the kind of book you write like a sample chapter usually um and then and you set out what your um chapters are going to be so I had the a to z Z format I did actually change some of the chapters what the actual like around and what the actual letters were going to be there were some things that I felt like it was important to put in but I was a bit nervous about so there's one chapter that's called the o chapter is always for origins and it's about and the experiences of women of colour on uh, dating apps. And obviously, yeah. I'm not like an authority on that, but I felt like it would be wrong to not include it at all. So kind of, I was mm-hmm. kind of umming and erring about that, but put it in anyway, and had some really yep. great like help from people and read some really good things on it. Um, but yeah, so we, we kind of pitched it and you, you send it out to lots of um, publishers and most of them say no. And you're like, your loss, whatever. Um, and then... <laughs> um, it was quite nice because it was uh, it was actually this time last year that I got 
the offer was it only this time last year? God, it feels like a long time ago, but it was just before my birthday, which is now just before uh, my birthday again. Um, and yeah, it was actually supposed to come out later, but they brought the the release date forward, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, so then I got the offer and then it's basically, you start, you know, you've got to write it. Um, and yeah, that's the hard bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like it was maybe if and when I write in the second book, it might be harder because I feel like I was think- I've been thinking about this stuff for so long that like some of it was formed already and some of it was stuff that I'd explored on my page well a lot of it stuff I explored on my page yeah it was just kind of getting it done and I'm not a even amounts of work throughout the deadline period kind of a girl creatives are like that though aren't we like so many of us are just you got it's all up in here Mm -hmm. and I I tried spreadsheets to organize the podcast I tried you know notion I tried all this stuff and I'm like I know in my brain what's going on and yeah. no one else needs to know that. So if I ever hire someone, that's going to be such a challenge for them <laughs> to sort out whatever the fuck's going on up here. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's so cool. It's really interesting to hear the process behind it. But, um, mm. yeah, congratulations. I mean, it's just it's such a cool concept. And as we were saying, it's sort of um, each chapter goes through each letter of the alphabet and then it will draw on ideas from from your typical Tinder bios that maybe have a bit of a a deeper meaning. And I've chosen my favourite alphabet letters. I wanted to choose more, but I think the podcast could go on for (laughs) two hours, five hours, if I picked all A to Z. So if I go through them and um, say the title of the chapter, it'd be great if you could sort of give us a bit of an insight into what this deeper meaning of these Tinder bios is. Yeah. So I've I've started off with letter C. So the quote is, please be able to hold a conversation. So what what's sort of the meaning behind behind this one? So I'm going to read out the translation from the book because um, I always try and do it off the cuff and it's not not ever as good. So I'm just going to read it. And so the translation I've got for this, for please be able to hold a conversation is, mm-hmm. I don't really want a conversation. I'm not interested in listening to a voice that isn't my own. I am, however, interested in establishing that it is you who must impress or entertain me when we match, not the other way around. Um, and I talk about in this chapter um, the kind of like slightly like haughty snobbishness of, of putting that in a bio um, and the way that some people kind of feel like their dating app experience is like somehow different from other people, like we're not all having boring yeah. conversations. And like, yeah. and also, uh, you know the way that you don't think th- things through and um I think probably this is not the most gendered of of the things you know it is something that p- different people put into their um bios of all genders but at the same time I think there is different meaning when it's a kind of a man dating women because of the patriarchy yeah so the conversation thing is like you know oh god can can you like keep up with me like impress me you know and also um I did a I did a survey in uh, on just on my stories asking people if you know if they'd matched with someone who said please be able to hold a conversation um, and if they had how many of those had been able to hold a conversation where you know where how many of them had been good mm. conversationalists um, and 96 percent well had they been good conversationalists and 96 percent of them said no they hadn't been good conversationalists which is just classic like you made a point in it in that chapter as well about like <laughs> like using your bio as a way to complain to people and using up like that's valuable real estate like and you're using it to have a moan but above that 
shitty people who are bad conversationalists are still going to match you and anyone that might be a good conversationalist is just pushed away because they yeah. don't want to ha- match with someone like who, like- who, compra- who complains. Like yeah. it's just so obvious. Like I don't it's – so, it's so common as well. I've seen this on dating apps like countless times people using it as like, like does anyone even talk on here? And it's like why are you complaining? Like, yeah, there's another – I mean I, I go into that more in the, the chapter Q is for quiet like, to really to really shoehorn a few of the letters in there. <laughs> like, what's yeah. Q going to be? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I talk about like, why doesn't, it, doesn't anyone talk on here? And I often oh, find yeah. that, that men will compa- complain about how it's hard for men on dating apps. And one of the things they complain about is that, like, nobody talks. And it's like that's not – that happens to women too. That's not, like, because women think we're better than you. You know, yeah. we're all like, oh, my God, I'm not going to talk to him. Like it's, it ha- I, I would imagine it might happen to women more because men tend to swipe on, like say yes to more matches and then like look at you and go, oh, I don't know, or whatever, you know, it's just part of it. And it's kind of, there's lots of things about dating apps that I think we could all do with taking less personally and we, you would, you know, enjoy them more if you weren't thinking like, oh God, it's unfair to me that nobody talks yeah. to me or that I have to have these boring conversations. It's like. It's so true. And like, it's interesting as well how you said that, you know, men say it's so hard out here for men on dating apps. And like, if the worst things that's happening to you on dating apps is that people aren't speaking, whereas we receive like unsolicited nudes, females get assaulted more often, you show up on a date and, or like they might send you like, you know, sexual stuff or it, just all these other things that, you know, I think that cis men might have no idea about. Like that's actually a bad experience on a dating app. I'd say someone not replying is just a non-experience. It's not a bad experience. Yeah, for sure. And I, in that conversation chapter as well, I I do Mm. include some of like the genuine opening lines that men use to women. So (laughs) I'd love to um, hear them. You know, um, so I had to slightly edit it, edit them. You know, but um, things like first line, first line, can you pee on me? Nice boobs. Um, are you a washing machine? Because I'd like to fill you with my dirty load. Um, oh my god! Surely, surely not. Um, you know, can I come over and destroy your pussy? Um, always, always, um, really, you know, for those of us with vaginas, always really attractive. You know, to just to think about it being destroyed by a man we don't know. I know, and it's um, like the amount of issues that like people with vaginas encounter with their vaginas throughout their life. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be destroyed. No, There's ma'am. always shit going on with that thing. Like the last thing I need is someone come and destroy it. I, I, I think that if, I, so if someone ever said that to me directly, I'd probably say like, no, I've already had a baby, babes. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> and imagine you went to a guy, I'm going to destroy your dick. They'd be yeah. like, no, don't. I love my dick. Yeah, I'm going to come and ruin your dick. I'm going to absolutely. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I'm gonna shred that thing up like a yeah, cheese grater. Like, what? <laughs> what why, the fuck? Why would you? Ugh. Ooh, yeah, I like Girl, the cheese grater thing. I mean, I'm sure there is someone. Yeah. There are there are communities of people who find that very exciting. Who would love but it? But in yeah. general, the men who are telling us that they want to destroy our pussies are not, you know, yeah. up for the same amount of destruction. <laughs> destruction, <laughs> obliteration. Yeah. Oh, funny. Um, the next chapter I've picked is D for no drama. So do you want to read me the description for that one? Yeah, sure. So um, this is one I know better. I think this is one of every. I think this is one of like just generally people's worst ones. So the translation here is don't have emotions or opinions or challenge me in any way. 
a personality is acceptable as long as you turn it down a bit. Um, because I just think that um, drama is a very gen- gendered thing. Now, like, women put this in their bios, but in terms of what mm. men are, who date women are saying, no drama, they are often characterizing women as hysterical, as like yeah. our normal emotional reactions are dramatic. And by saying that straight up, they are kind of saying like, you don't get to have your full range of you know emotions. Just be cool. Give me a blowjob. Leave me alone. Like, um, yeah. And- Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And, you know, and that is, you know, it's kind of from the outset, like, yeah, don't be, oh, don't be dramatic. Don't be dramatic, like that, you know, like, oh, like my psycho ex or whatever, you know. Yeah, which is a red flag in itself, isn't it? It's always like they always have all my exes as psychos, but it's like, what's the common denominator there, darl? Mm -hmm. Like, mm, it's Mm -hmm. true. And I like that um, the antithesis to that, like, emotional normal woman that expresses and explores her feelings is is the cool girl. And you speak Mm -hmm. about the cool girl in there, which is – sort of popularized by Gillian Flynn's novel Gone Girl and there's the movie with Ben Affleck as well and um the cool girl is sort of I'd love if you can help me explain this but it's like the girl that will like eat pizza on a Friday night is a gamer all these things but you know she might not actually like that stuff because I actually do like that stuff and that there's nothing wrong with that but I mean it's pizza on a Friday night great yeah but still be thin being thin being hot, being quiet, you know, if if someone is – it's like slagging off feminists to impress men even if you are a feminist just because yeah. you want the, the approval of men. So it's all about the approval of men and, like, doing things that aren't actually true to being yourself even if you want to because you want to impress men. That's sort of the, the gist Yeah, of it. and I think, like, 
So I think there's a bit of crossover there with like the idea of, of the pick me, which I kind of don't really yeah, like. Pick me girls. Term, but, yeah, pick me girls, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. the cool girls can also, it's also just like, yeah, that's, I'm cool with that. Everything's cool. Like, you know, oh, babe, I know I, I said I'd come over tonight, but the lads are going out drinking. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Or like, you know, whatever you want to do sexually is cool, or whatever. Like, I don't have my own preferences. I don't have my own, like, inclinations. I, I don't have boundaries. Like, I'll pay, basically, mm. you know, bend to the point of breaking literally and metaphorically to mm-hmm. please you because I'm cool because I'm you know and I've been yeah. that girl loads of times I mean maybe not to that extreme Same. extent but like yeah. and, and I think often when you're in it you don't know you're doing it I've come out of relationships or come out of like situationships yeah. and thought what the f- like what was I doing why was I why was I going yeah that's cool like why was I you know not not being my own personality with that person because I desperately wanted them to like me. It's strange how as well women may, like I've done this, where you repress your emotions and, you know, you don't want your emotions and your feelings to be unattractive and, you know, you feel probably subconsciously manipulated to behave a certain way. But, you know, there's no telling what a guy that you like might even find attractive something that women feel pressured to do because it's I guess it's part of the patriarchy is that men are expected to act in a and behave in a certain way and then Mm -hmm. women's belief of what that is you know we behave in accord in accordance to that as well do you know what I'm trying to say yeah I think so I think like a lot of what patriarchal society is now especially in the west it is is a valuing of different attributes that are seen as feminine and masculine so um you know and and some some like feminine attributes are valued in women, mm-hmm. like caregiving, and you know which might be seen as like emasculating in men. Um, yeah. Uh, although some now they're also sometimes celebrated like it's some kind of superhero feat when a dad like looks after his own children. But um, but also <laughs> some of the things like an emotional range, <laughs> expressing <laughs> emotions is sort of kind mm. of seen in some you know in like a lot of societal messaging as like undesirable like Mm. you'll become less desirable you know um and obviously that's to do with it being like a feminine trait and um and I think you know it's it's a sad one for everyone involved because men get one emotion it's anger that's the only one they're allowed to show outside a football stadium yeah yeah um (laughs) So like, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I think I do get what you mean. And I think it's definitely mm. the case that just in general, like feminine traits are seen as like weaker or yeah, um, yeah less desirable, like less impressive, certainly not impressive. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 No, I really love that chapter. And um, the next one I've got is F, which is looking for some fun. So if you want to read us the description for that one, because this one was, there's some really funny references in this one. (laughs) Right. Well, I am sure that everyone knows what fun, what (laughs) what this means. I I don't imagine anyone doesn't know what this means. Translation is just uh, sex. I'm looking for some sex. You know, the fun might, you know, some people are looking for a variety of fun but the sex is always part of the fun right like no one's just looking for like I mean let's just like go out and see what like have a nice time and like have a little adventure in the city and like go on a ferris wheel but as long as we're <laughs> gonna have sex on the ferris wheel type thing do you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. and I think that that's um you know it's heavily implied and and I talk a lot about in the ch- chapter about how even though so many people are on dating apps wanting sex people are so bad at talking about sex and and mm-hmm. Like for men, it's often the case that they 
talk too much about sex too quickly you know Mm -hmm. um it's not even really sex is it it's just like projecting their fantasies onto you I mean um yeah yeah I mean if because if the way that men talk to women on dating apps so much of the time is sexual harassment like if it was in any Mm. other context you'd be like that is wildly inappropriate but somehow it's become normalized almost on dating apps to just yeah and that's the thing as well it's like if you you know when you log on to a dating app you're not just agreeing to be sexually harassed it's like when people are like oh well you know I wouldn't like go and grind on a girl and touch her ass in the supermarket but when you're in a club it's different like why is that different did I sign a waiver when I entered the door that said guys are allowed to put their hand up your skirt like yeah would you do that to someone in Sainsbury's like I just find it so weird that the context of it changes but there's no like where does this assumption come from I think it's probably alcohol and stuff you know people like lower their inhibitions and that when you're out like maybe that's the the root of it but then maybe it's also like when people are on dating apps guys are just horny and like they think that it because they're horny they can just do things like I don't I don't know where it's coming from yeah, it's so I strange mean, think- that these places and these spaces are made with these connotations but but why I think it's um it's kind of partly why I wrote the book and why I find dating apps so interesting as a as a way to like look at misogyny through um the lens of of dating apps and it's because um there's kind of a relative anonymity of dating apps same way you go on social media especially like twitter even the accounts that are like actual people that you can see they will be meaner, they will be whatever, you know, more outrageous, whatever, than they would be in real life, right? Um, because there's that degree of separation. And obviously the counts that don't have, like, an actual person, you know, identified will be super, super mean. And I think dating <laughs> apps have, have, a, um, have an element of that. But in a way, it's kind of almost one step removed because nobody else is seeing what you're saying so if you want to be misogynistic if you are if you do have misogynistic tendencies if you are the kind of man who will objectify a woman um you can just do it because the only person who will see is the woman that you're doing it to and so you know nobody's going through it's not even like a twitter thread or a facebook rant or whatever where some other people are going like hey dude (laughs) you know um yeah um, and so I think it, dating apps reveal, I, I don't think they make the misogyny, but I think they reveal mm. it because men, you know, are those men who are misogynists are, you know, just able to do what they want. And it's actually frightening how many, like what proportion of men mm. there are who are like that, um, you yeah. know, it really kind of puts it into relief. But, you know, I don't think it's in terms of like, the the space itself creates the misogyny but it definitely does facilitate it being expressed I suppose yeah and this sort of leads into the next um the next chapter that I selected which was Jay and it was chill out it's just a joke and Mm -hmm. this is a more one of the more serious chapters in the book because there really is nothing funny about getting sexually harassed Mm -hmm. in dating apps and like you know we can look at things with a light-hearted lens and like you said earlier it's not that deep but do you want to read me the description for this chapter and just sort of chat me through what inspired you for this one yeah so um earlier in the book I do beers for banter and I talk a bit about just kind of like the slightly more harmless but just kind of annoying bro version of what humor is and um, yeah. I kind of wanted to put it in two chapters so there's also J's for joking and 
chill out. It was just a joke. The translation is, I tried to push your boundaries or generally, sorry, I've tried to push your boundaries or generally been gross, but now you're calling me out on it. So I'll pretend I never, I was never serious in the first place. Mm. Um, And so this one is, is where it's, it gets a bit more how this kind of like chill out it was just joking it's you you're too uptight gets deployed to excuse bad behavior excuse um Mm. prejudice and I think uh I I talk in this chapter a bit about how this kind of tactic is used by the far right online to kind of fish for, for new recruits um and it seems like maybe a bit I think if you read the chapter you'd be like what why is she going to the far right all of a sudden but um that they, there's this playbook which is basically write everything like it could be a joke um but it'll kind of dog whistle to the people that are already mm. sympathetic with your views so you know if somebody says something racist in a group of white people mm-hmm. um and people laugh like make a racist joke say and all of the people mm. laugh um or if not necessarily just in a group of white people but just say um, anyway. they won't go oh my god stop laughing I was I was being racist like I was yeah they'll just know, keep going like, like yeah yeah, yeah. Or like but yeah. if someone goes like um or like what that's not okay like that's not funny they'll be like oh my god chill out like it was just a joke like yeah but then if if people were if people were encouraging them they can keep going like yeah and they yeah. wouldn't have to say it was just a joke because it's like no one actually calls them out yeah, and, and sorry, I, that was kind of a bad example because even if they were saying it seriously, if, if nobody co- challenged them, you know, it would be yeah. very serious, but kind of like in a dry way. And a lot of like right-wing media outlets do this. They they kind of, they, you mm. know, I mean, Andrew Tate's do, doing it now, the guy who mm. got banned from all the platforms. He's going like it was a satirical character. Like, chill out. It was just a satirical character who was saying that women are no, like, responsible for their own up. you know yeah. it's like the, oh my god well don't do that character then dude because it's like not funny and really dangerous up. and the fact as well that you said that um the guy who wrote the playbook which was sort of the idea behind you know seeing what you can get, get can get away with and then passing it off as a joke if people call you out he's a he's a neo-nazi for fuck's sake like yeah. it like if people are, are reading that like that that's your first red flag yeah. like just even knowing the, the history and the background and what's behind all of that, it should, you know, spark something. But yeah. if people actually, like, you must be so far down the rabbit hole to to get to that point, read a playbook by, written by a neo-Nazi and deploy those tactics to get your message out and link with like-minded people. Like, I just, yeah. it's it's actually terrifying. Like, it's, yeah. it's, there's some dark corners of the internet that are just it's fucking scary. Sure. <laughs> I learned about that like playbook it was leaked by the Huffington Post in 2017 Mm. but I Mm. learned about it through Laura Bates book Men Who Hate Women Mm. which is all about extremist misogyny on the internet and it's a really tough Mm -hmm. read but it's really important because you do really start to notice all of the ways those kind of really extreme misogynist Mm. and and Mm. and like uh, which is very much linked with extreme like the alt-right and and racism and Mm anti-semitism and stuff like that they tend to run in packs not not completely all of them there's some racist there's some like racists who aren't misogynistic probably and some mm. some misogynists who aren't racist probably but you know um they tend to you know go together very well and because they're serving the same master in, in the end really which is like rich white men um God. but 
but yeah the the book um Laura Bates book Men Who Hate Women um mm. it is a tough read but it's yeah it go, really goes through all the kind of different extremist misogynist cells on the internet um yeah. and that's where I heard about this um he wrote it I think for people who were writing for his website um which I don't name in the book which was mm. actually my publisher's uh, um she said we don't need to don't publicize him don't yeah give, like yeah I've, I've used his mm. name but not the actual website so it was like a kind of like this is how you do it in order to get yeah. away with it um and I don't think it's you know like every man who says chill out was just a joke has read a neo-nazis playbook but it's interesting to look at the um how those things mirror each other actually yeah and, yeah, and, yeah, and how sure. you know I talk also in this chapter and I wish if anyone knows out there who came up with the idea of Schrodinger's douchebag I would love to like give them all the credit <laughs> in the world Shining his douchebag. <laughs> I really tried to find out because I hate like you know quoting things or saying things yeah. where I'm not giving credit. So, but basically that that is the theory that some someone says something offensive and it is or isn't a joke um, based on whether or not you laugh. Yeah, um, that's so uh, good. Or whether or not you're offended. So, um, sorry, yeah, it is I'm or isn't put... a joke. Basically, if you if you're offended, it was a joke. If you're not offended they were serious you know then it was so, serious yeah. yeah I want to call this episode Schrodinger's douchebag <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful term I I loved it um but my my final chapter this one's another bit of a serious one but it, you know there was so much funny funny stuff in this chapter as well was K mm-hmm. for swipe right if you're kinky and mm-hmm. I'll get you to read the description of this in a sec but um you know I loved in this chapter reading about you sort of spoke about the BDSM community's views on choking and that being so dangerous compared Mm -hmm. to, you know, some of the other practices that they do. And I did an episode uh, last season with a a woman who's in, she's a 24 seven sub in a sub dom marriage. So they have like a contract and it's just her life. And she, um, she said as well, this, this pretty much links exactly to what you said about the, the BDSM community who have all these rules in place, like, safe sane and consensual and you know there's so many different practices in place like aftercare and stuff that make BDSM possible Mm -hmm. and something that is sustainable but um she spoke about the app field which is kind of like um uh, it's like tinder but it's more sexually free and people are quite honest about like their desires and that sort of Mm -hmm. thing but there's so many fuck boys out there and just like I think in the book you call them drunk dude bros who don't know any of these regulations and practices and mm-hmm. about safe sex and consensual sex and everything. And they're presenting a, a huge danger to women and, mm-hmm. and just vulnerable people in general because, you know, they want to they want to be kinky, but their idea of kinky is just going in full throttle, like just violent, pounding, really. just violence. Mm-hmm. And it's just, again, it's so terrifying. But if you want to read the description before I get ahead of myself, which is um, for Kay. Yeah, so swipe right if you're kinky. Um, mm-hmm. Often people just write kinky in their bio. Yeah. Um, translation. I wouldn't know the first thing about consensual, playful kink. I just describe myself as a dom because I like hitting, choking and hair pulling without asking whether or not my sexual partner will enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the kind of the thing is that you get so many men on dating apps saying dom they just say dom or they yeah. say like um you know I like a sub- and seeing this more and more I like I, I like a submissive feminine woman and it's like do you not understand what like a 
I mean, obviously there yeah. are people in like 24-7 some dom-sub relationships, but that is yeah. very, very rare. Most people who are interested in like exploring domination and submission are yeah. like not doing it outside the bedroom necessarily, you know, like a lot of women who really like to be submissive in bed are incredibly assertive everywhere else, you know, and in fact, yeah. maybe that, I think some of them are a bit, that's kind of why it's like, do you know what? You just, you just, you just do it. I'm, I'm, you know, like, you know what I'm I mean? Tired. Like, I wonder if someone else to take control because I've been yeah. taking control of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, um, but yeah, so like, there's a lot of guys who will say they're dominant or they'll say they're kinky or mm. they'll say that like they don't like vanilla, which is another chapter. It's kind of a companion chapter is V is for vanilla because mm. there's so much to talk about on that subject of, basically mm-hmm. when I when I was young um you were sh- <laughs> it, the word kind of was frigid right and it was like you were shamed and often that was like that you wouldn't kiss a boy or maybe that you wouldn't have when you're a bit older you wouldn't have sex with like have penetrative sex with a boy mm. um mm. or like give him a blowjob or something um but now it like vanilla has, is the kind of new frigid and it's basically like you won't do like anal or whatever like or like things that are actually like you need to have some knowledge in order to make them pleasurable, especially if you are the yeah. one being penetrated or being spanked or whatever. You need to have some kind of ability to communicate with your partner. You need to have some kind of knowledge of how to make it, you know, you know, fun for your partner. You need to have safe words. You need to know about rolling consent. You need to know about in the BDSM community, you know, there might be the most kind of like extreme. They call them scenes. You know, we agree to yeah. what we're going to do in this scene and then yeah, we do yeah. it what the parameters are but there's also aftercare there's like what is what do you require after it some people might be like well I like to be cuddled or some people might like yeah like um I want you know this is what I need I I want to talk about it afterwards or whatever and that's like so different it's just so different from what these these men who are saying I'm a dom or I'm kinky on dating apps yeah which is basically like I just I want to pull your hair and fuck you from behind which by the way, it's actually not kinky at all. It's pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> and like... I hate that vanilla vanilla now has a negative connotation to mm-hmm. those kind of men and they use it to shame women into doing acts that they're not comfortable with, which mm-hmm. I think is just so fucked up. And like mm-hmm. I, I just and in the BDSM community, vanilla doesn't have a negative connotation at all. It just no. means that you just want to practice like more um conventional sex, which yes. is which yeah. is fine. Like, it's not a bad thing. It just means, like, that's what you prefer. It's just vanilla is used as, like, a describing word, like, you know, like any other BDSM king, like being a brat or being a rope bunny or whatever. It's not like it's there's a bad and a good it's type It's just a description. Kink. It's a bit like, I don't know. Yeah. Like saying, I don't know, cis and trans. Like, they're not they, – well, they certainly shouldn't have a value attached to them. It's just different yeah, yeah. things or whatever. You know, vanilla mm. and vanilla is what is is not kink. Basically, it's just like sex yeah. is outside the kink community and outside BDSM. You know, mm-hmm. you can be, that it can be hot fucking sex. You know, it can be loads of different positions. It can be an like you could have vanilla sex on the fucking top of the Eiffel Tower. Like that would still be vanilla mm-hmm. sex if you weren't engaging any kind of kink. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? On like the top it's, of the Eiffel Tower. And, unless your kink, I guess, is <laughs> sex on top of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, I don't know. Um, but like probably I guess someone. actually sex in public <laughs> is probably a, a kinky thing but I meant like yeah. you know without people seeing anyway you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah. like you could join the mile high club and that would be vanilla sex like you know it's just people making it out like it's dull I mean I I am a very big advocate of missionary position I think it's been absolutely 
it's, it's great i mean hello what everyone like face to face all <laughs> like all parts of your bodies are touching mm, thank you yeah and um there was something else in the chapter as well that i loved or it might have been an, an another point in the book when it was like um so many of the words that are used to describe sex are violent words or just words that are like pounding smashing like I, yeah. I, I can't think of like banging. Well, we were kind like, of talking about it earlier, like ruin, I'm going to ruin you, I'm going to destroy your pussy, like, um, you know, yeah, like smashing. And it's and it's usually, if it's heterosexual sex, it's often that like it, the man is the actor, the man is the person doing mm. the pounding mm. or the smashing or the... Yeah, doing you know, the sex rather than having sex with a yeah, person. Yeah, so it's like something that has been, I'm going to come over and do this thing to you, to you, like sex is a thing that's done to a woman um by a man and then like we wonder why women's you know pleasure hasn't been prioritized you know but then of course women are also shamed for like enjoying having lots of sex so you know it's all it's all fun and games we can't win can we aileen honestly well that's my that's my final letter that i've chose so if Mm -hmm. everyone listening wants to read more you will go have to go and buy the book and can you remind me what date it is released it's released in the UK on the 13th of October. It's released if you've got any Australian listeners, which I imagine yes, you might. Um, definitely. It's released on the 6th of October in Australia, so you get it's it a week earlier. Oh um, my God. But yeah, so it's really close now. Um, and you can, if you go to my Instagram, which is at Tinder Translators, there's the link in my bio and you can order it there. Or you can just Google Tinder Translator because it comes up on Google like a real book. It's crazy. So <laughs> exciting. Oh, I'm, I'm really I'm really happy for you. It's, it's super you. exciting. And thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you. Uh, thank you for reading and like, you know, yeah. thinking about it so deeply. That's, it's really great to have these conversations. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Aileen. Please let me know on my Instagram, my website, Twitter, TikTok, wherever, if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. Love and elbow taps. Peace. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.